Oh, it's Monday, September 27th, 2021. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for listening. Thanks for streaming or downloading or however you found me. I, I actually see now that there's uh, been issues with the RSS feed on my Anchor.fm channel. And that's the, uh, the app that I use to upload everything. So if you found me through Spotify or Google Podcasts or things like that, um, there has been issues, connectivity issues, and it's... It kind of happened sometime after the September 20th episode, which uh, I'll leave that to you to go take a look at. And I don't know if you can come up with any sort of reasons about why something like that would all of a sudden happen. Don't know. Anyway, so it is Monday, start of a new week. I can't believe that the uh, end of September is already here. Oh, it feels like it just began. I'm not. Wow, this time time is flying very quickly. I know people don't like hearing that. It seems a bit cliche, but I'll tell you, I've been keeping busy, uh, doing a lot of things that uh, I want to do, um, especially like studying Chinese. Like that. My my days are so structured. They're, these are probably, my days are probably more structured now on vacation than they are at work. That might be a little bit false. I mean, there, there is some, there's more freedom with my day, my day right now, but that uh, I, I do keep a very strict schedule, even though I'm not technically at work. And I mean, if you've been listening for any length of time, you'll know that I'm uh, working on a few things. It almost feels like I'm back in university to a little bit. A little bit, it's not exactly like university, of course, uh, because I, I don't have to go anywhere to like to do any sort of learning or research. Excuse me. Everything is right here. So... The, the issue isn't so much keeping myself busy, it's making sure that I stick to that schedule and tick off those le- uh, those things, those lessons, box by box, 20 minutes by 20 minutes, hour by hour, morning by afternoon to evening segment of my day. I don't know about you guys and how you sort of uh, make all your, your, you know, time, manage your time, but... On invo- invo- in vacation mode, I almost feel more busy than if I was just simply at working. I do have a new blog post up. Uh, I just published it. It's titled No Day Off During Vacation 2021. And it gives a basic rundown of what I've been up to for the next uh, for the last couple of weeks. This this type of post actually is something it's it's very similar. Of course it's a blog post, because it can consists a lot of what I'm doing right now. It's very timely, uh, and it will become dated over time. Like So next year, this, this blog post will no longer be relevant. And I've seen other people uh, start blog pages, not necessarily for blogs, but a single page. It's called the Now page. And they just have updates, uh, and that's a motorcycle going by. They just have updates of what they're doing all the time, and they just update that one page. And I was thinking about doing that. The only issue that I have with that is that it would it would make it would mean that I had one less publication uh, to print. And as you know, I do like seeing those numbers on a month by month basis in that little drop down archives menu I have on my front page or on my my website. I'm sure there's a, a solution to this, uh, but yeah, that's sort of I'm thinking about doing it. I just haven't created the pl- page yet. I think it's a good idea to have uh, so the the layout of the website would become something more like start here, 
uh, about me, the now page, audio blog. I might even take out the blog page, then the podcast, and then current project. And I think I might even remove the China page only because I hate updating it. (laughs) I write posts that are both about traveling and then also about China and then just about what I'm doing. And since I'm not explicitly a a travel website, having something about China almost seems, uh, it's almost misleading because it's not, the website isn't that much about China. Even though, yeah, I do write specific posts, posts about China from time to time. It's not very often. So anyway, those are some of the things I'm thinking about. Uh, this weekend saw me uh, record uh, episode number 27 of my podcast. I will be posting that shortly. I'm working on the post-production. doesn't take very much, uh, but it is, I don't want to say it's too laborious, It's it, but it all needs to be done step by step, and I do take my time in it. Since I'm uh, the only one doing it, I just want to make sure that everything's being covered as I go along. Yesterday, I actually set up the uh, Logic Pro file, and I was getting errors while saving it, and part of it was because I ran out of room on my external drive, And this is becoming more of an issue as the file sizes are getting larger. So I'm thinking that I might not have a choice, again, with the upgrading of technology, even though I I like getting new toys and and, and new technology. is always fun to have. But the cost is sort of what I'm going, you know, do I really want to be spending that much money just yet? Um, That being the case, so I was working on the, the Logic Pro uh, project template so I'll have I set that up I do some of the design work and then I do some of the mixing later on and then by about Wednesday Tuesday Wednesday I should usually have a final version ready so look for that uh, it was a good conversation with a uh, um, a, a colleague and his uh, musical partner so they have a, a band here in Beijing or this they, they used to as one of them has gone back to uh, uh, the UK uh, one half of them is still here in Beijing, still playing, still touring quite a bit. So it's a good, it's a good conversation. Uh, it's only a couple hours, so it's very listenable um, while you're, I don't know, doing dishes or on the train or something like that, uh, or walking around on your morning walk. Uh, but um, it, it'll be up uh, probably midweek, and it'll be of interest a lot to people who uh, sort of want, who are thinking about whether or not it's a good idea to go overseas to work anymore. I think that's a it's a good target audience, a good idea to sort of entertain right now, given the pandemic, given sort of the, the fear-mongering of the mass media. You know, so this one sort of gives you an idea of uh, what is sort of um, a good idea and maybe what you should think of or look for when you are considering uh, going overseas. Um I came across a uh, new way of studying Chinese this morning, uh, watching Kwai Show. Now, Kwai Show is, I haven't seen a lot of people in the West talk about it. It's like uh, TikTok in in China. There's no TikTok, there's Douyin. So Douyin is the Chinese uh, version of TikTok. TikTok is the uh, outside of China version and then Douyin is uh, inside of China. Kwai Show was sort of a competitor to Douyin, and I was watching this, and if you remember, if you recall, a couple weeks ago, 
I was uh, saying that uh, I was having issues understanding people and that a lot of it comes down to the fact that I listen to these news broadcasts that are in very standard Mandarin Chinese. I don't listen to a lot of the words of the people on my own. And so that when I do meet people, I, I find like I'm, I'm missing words or I'm not understanding something clearly. Some of it is accent. Some of it is vocabulary. And so, I'm, you know, if you're going to learn the language of the people, then go to where the people are publishing or what they're, they're consuming. I mean, it used to be newspapers. Now it's short video content, right? Uh, so I was looking at Kwai's show. Um, I, don't, I don't really want to sign up for an account, so I'll just watch whatever is available and free right now. Um, and then, yeah, I also have Douyin on my, my phone, but I don't really go to that very much either. I don't try to spend a lot of time on these, but if it's for learning purposes, I can see it. But this is, it's, you're not learning anything. I would go for the learning, the language learning aspect, not for like general knowledge of anything else. These are, these aren't very important videos. It's, it's, you know how like there's Muzak, like that, the elevator music that's played, so the music that's played when you're in an elevator or in a mall, just background music that you're not really supposed to pay much attention to. That's what these videos are like. It's not very, some of them are interesting. Some of them are like informative, like, you know, how to do your hair, how to do this, how to do that, and they're very quick. But a lot of them are just, they're not, they're not very informative. Other than for the colloquial language aspect of them, right? So, anyway, thought about that. Uh, this weekend, I also finished that comic book, finally, the, the Kwai Bao uh, issue number 18. So, that's, that only took me four years to finish. Um, but, again, I mean, it's it was slow reading because I, I didn't know a lot of the characters. By the end of this, uh, I, like, by today, basically, I was able to read pretty well, or, or by the, this weekend, I was able to read through it pretty well. Uh, so now I've focused, I, I've returned my focus to the uh, Muscle and Fitness magazine I picked up a couple months ago, uh, and I've been making my way through that, and that is proving more challenging than the comic book, obviously. Um, but what I've noticed is that the words are sticking more, because it's not just the words, it's the characters. So I know the characters, all the characters, but the, I don't know, you know, when when they form another word. So that being the case, when I read through these comics or I read through uh, these magazines, the comics would be like introducing me to new characters, but then the magazines would be introducing me to new words. So what I mean by that is that it's more of a, a, a study of vocabulary of characters with the comic books, but then as you read magazines, you get, you know all the characters, but you start learning how they are all put together. And you know what I realized today, actually, that could put off a lot of people from reading Chinese um, is the, the the blockish nature of it. There's hardly any punctuation. Sorry, there is punctuation. There are no spaces in between the words. And I, although I knew this, I never really dawned on me until today. I was looking at this magazine going, this almost reads like Latin did back in the day when Latin was being written all over the place, like original manuscripts, um, inscriptions on stone, very little punctuation, very little separation 
if any, from uh, one word to another. And that's what Chinese sort of follows. So it's, uh, I guess it's, it's a bit more of a challenge. And it does slow down reading because you're reading it. I find I'm reading it very slowly in order to understand which characters are being grouped together to create uh, the different words. So yeah, it's, a, it's a challenge, but it is uh, overall it is getting easier. So I am seeing progress and I'm very happy about that. Question. Is there ever a good time to watch a documentary about plane crashes? This weekend, you know, as a traveler, someone who takes flights a lot, a lot, a lot, who has taken flights a lot before, um, it is a, a reality. Planes crash. There are accidents. There are terrible accidents that happen. You don't want them to happen. Pay, 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 pay. That's what we say. Uh, that's what they say in China. You know, pay, pay, pay is like knock on wood. Uh, so that it doesn't happen to you. Um, but this documentary was, I think it was published just a couple of years ago, 2018. It's called The Plane Crash. And it's on YouTube. You can find it. Uh, so you don't have to download it or uh, buy it or anything. I think the BBC uh, sponsored it. I can't remember. Uh, or, or published it or whatever. Anyway, it's about this group of scientists that takes a Boeing 727. So the 727 was one of the like the first, um, I guess, intercontinental or first large, bo- wide-body airplanes uh, that is sort of the same framework that you see today. It, it's it began what the uh, the production, the technology of the framework that we see today on so many airplanes. So it's a famous airplane. So they had an old one. They found an old one uh, that was sitting in a an hangar. And basically, if, if they didn't use it, then it was just going to sit there and rust to pieces anyway. Uh, eventually, it would have been moved out to the open elements and then uh, just left to uh, to disintegrate over time. Anyway, so these this group of scientists take it and they're like, well, let's crash it. Let's crash it into uh, a, a desert in Mexico. So they, they had to get all of these permissions, which you think, oh, watch, you just go crash it. Well... You can't just do that because if an airplane goes down, it's a big event, right? You, I mean, there's got to be an explanation for it. Not only that, like, how do you crash an airplane? It's these things, especially nowadays, are built so that they they have so many safety uh, measures in place that it's it's not that easy uh, to do. Thankfully, 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 thankfully. But the seven two seven, so they got like. Uh, former U.S. military, U.S. Air Force test pilots. So these are the guys that, when a new plane comes on to the into production, or they're thinking about building a new plane, and they finally built a prototype, these guys go take it out for a spin. So these guys have, I mean, they've got gumption, right? Um, very brave people, because you never know when something could go wrong so there's a couple of these and they're older uh, older guys as well so they've uh, they've seen quite a few uh, things and have a lot of experience flying these planes and then there were a couple of scientists who were specializing in different parts of um, plane crash recovery so like uh, like debris and then like uh, sort of the like dealing with all the data uh, how it hits the ground, how it disintegrates, how the plane disintegrates. I know it's really odd talking about this, and it is very frightening, 
uh, because people die and they talk about this how human this the, their jobs can be uh, but how they have to conduct it in an effort to create a safer flying environment and yeah it I'll tell you I mean it's cringy it's cringing just to watch this thing because they're talking about how the plane hits the ground and what happens and this is what they did with this airplane is that they they loaded it full of scientific equipment cameras uh, everything that they could think of and they crashed it it was a controlled crash in the Mexican desert uh, in it in such a way that they were able to still measure all the things they and they had to make sure that they got it just right because if it went too slow then it wouldn't create it wouldn't properly recreate what a crash is like and if it went too fast then it erupted in a fireball and they'd lose everything uh, apparently nasa tried this back in the late 80s but other than that they they make this very good point that cars get crashed all the time car companies do crash tests but this doesn't happen in the airline industry. There's probably several reasons for that, but this is one of the f- only sort of cra- uh, crash tests that uh, exist out there. I highly recommend you take this, take a look at this uh, documentary. They even have several interviews with people who survive plane crashes. And this is sort of my big thing that I look up every now and then. It's like, how, how do you survive a plane crash? And a lot of it comes down to like, I mean, just almost sheer luck, to tell you the truth. Um, there's only so much you can do when you put your life into these these vehicles that uh, are, are meant to be safe. But Mother Nature is a big, big complex system that uh, uh, us humans are a very small part of. I mean, that's uh, that's how I look at it anyway, so... I encourage you to take a look at it. It's called The Plane Crash. It's Again, it's available on YouTube. You can take a look at it. Um, it's only an hour and 10 minutes or six, an hour and 20 minutes or so. Worth the time, um, especially if you travel quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, not something you'd really want to watch before you take a flight. <laughs> I don't know. Give yourself some time between the next flight and the, the viewing of this uh, this documentary. Anyway, hope you guys are well. Uh, it is the beginning of a new work week. We are heading into the National Day break later on in the week. <laughs> of all things, I've been planning my, my actual vacation uh, later in, into October, and I was thinking, <laughs> not because of this plane crash documentary, um, but because I actually want to practice some of my Chinese, and it'd, it'd be nicer to see some more of the country uh, and just take my time. I was thinking about taking the, the slow train down south to Chengdu and then flying back afterwards. Um, I, mean, I don't work until basically the end of October. I've got lots of time to do all the, the studies I want to do and then have some actual vacation time as well. All right, guys. Have a good one. Uh, check out my website, stevensersky.com. stevensersky.com. Uh, I have links up to uh, a lot of uh, the uh, different projects i got going on, especially the podcast that will be published later on in the week. Anyway, have a good one. Have a good week. And uh, we'll talk again. Stay safe out there. Bye-bye.